Welcome to Books on the Ridge, a production of Mount Zion Ridge Press, home of Books Off the Beaten Path. This is a podcast for our readers. To get to know the authors of our books and look between the pages and behind the scenes. Plus, at the start of each month, we will offer readers a limited time code for a discount on the featured book. Your hosts are the co-owners and managing editors of Mount Zion Ridge Press. We are so excited to do part two with the author of Free to Love, Betty Boswell. If you haven't heard part one, it's well worth listening to. Uh, go to last week's podcast and you can pick it up. And this is Tamerlan Craft. I'm Michelle Levine, and we are co-managing editors, or maybe we want to say guilty parties, here at Mount Zion Ridge Press, Books Off the Beaten Path. Thank you for joining us. Is this based on a true historical event that actually happened? Because I know the house that that Jenny is in is a real historical house. So I was wondering if it was based on a real historical story or just a compilation of your research. Uh, some of us from the compiled research. I actually wrote a musical uh, for the community of Sylvania called Just Around the Bend that premiered in 2000. It was a story of the Underground Railroad, and the real house is called the Lathrop House in Sylvania. I call it the Woodson House in my book. It is a house that they discovered a hidden room in uh, where runaways from slavery were placed in a room that was next to an oven in the basement of this house. So that that research is real. It's the house that's there. I did read a lot of literature from uh, Black voices, uh, from history books that told about using the trails of, of that ran along near the uh, Ohio and Miami Canal, which ran from north of Cincinnati to Defiance, Ohio, then east towards Toledo. And I did use that trail. And Jenny does discover some of that in her research, because I'm a white voice writing about a Black experience. They did, um, Jenny does discover through these journals and through actual research from actual literature um, about the Underground Railroad. I'm curious, when I do research, sometimes the things that I discover changes the trajectory of the story. Did anything that you plan to do in the story change once you, you got really deep into the research? Oh, yeah. My characters and my research took me in lots of places. I uh, definitely made some adaptations to that uh, because of the research. Um, One of the things that I mentioned was the canal. And another thing was, if you were escaping from Alabama, which is where I had them start out, that's one of my heritage states from my parents, um, it would have been really difficult to make the travel north work. And so in order for that to work in the book, the young mistress has to travel with them to get them to the north in time, seasonal-wise, through the seasons before it gets cold. They have to travel 
together using um, horse and wagon and get further north before the seasons change in order to catch the Underground Railroad system. So um, there were a lot of things to think about there. Um, I visited some historic sites in um, Alabama and Mississippi that helped me when I was thinking of the setting and where they would start out from. Waverly Plantation in Columbus, Mississippi was a very interesting mansion of the time. And I kind of based the mansion uh, for my plantation off of that building because at the beginning of the book, it's a dark night and it's warm and early has to climb up to open the windows in the cupola up, up high in order to kind of air condition the building. And uh, that's where she has a dangerous encounter. Mm, it's uh, interesting there. But yeah, I think a lot of things were affected by research and a lot of things were character led. There were things that I never thought I would add to the book. Initially, it was just the couple's escape from the South. And then I added um, more layers and I came across an ant that's a couple of ants that kind of added to those layers and added some fun and some more and some adventure to their trip north. And one of those ants was from the free state of Winston in Alabama. And that was one of those areas that seceded from the South when the South seceded, they stayed North during the civil war. So very interesting ways that went. <laughs> I've just been learning about things like that. Um, I moved to a little town in, in Tennessee called Cleveland, Tennessee. And I found out that they seceded from the South during the civil war because they didn't approve of uh, the South seceding from the Union. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It was a ma matter of mountain territory. Parts of Alabama are mountainous, and so is Tennessee. And those don't make good plantation lands. They don't grow flat cotton fields. <laughs> okay. Betty, how long did it take to write this book? I know with a lot of us, we, we write a first draft and we put it away for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Some people put it away for a year. How long do you estimate from the time you got the initial idea, you know, including, including all the research that you had to do? I had a fairly good start on it at one point, and it was just the, uh, the couple that was in slavery. It was just their story. And I was just focusing on them getting away by themselves uh, and getting to the north. And I didn't have a specific place where they were coming from. I had that done probably five years ago at, you know, maybe 20,000 words, something like that. But then I had a little stop sign held up in front of my face and said, you know, with own voices, it's best that you don't write this. And I came to the ACFW meeting where I first met you ladies in Ohio. And um, 
one of the things I mentioned, I said, I've got this great start on a story, but I'm not going to be able to write it. And one of the ladies there, I don't know if it was one of you or not, said, well, you've got to make it a dual story. And so I came up with the mistress, um, the, the young owner, and I started creating her story. And then as I was working on that, and like it did sit in a drawer for a while because I got stopped. But when I talked to you ladies, I started thinking about it more, added Missy. And then I thought, well, you know, these are two fairly young ladies. They start out at age 17 in the book. And I thought, well, they need a chaperone. So I came up with, with the aunt. And then um, they were just headed north. But I realized I've got this wonderful house that Lathrop House, alias Woodson House, and it could be uh, part of the story. And what if there was an aunt who married into the Woodson family? And so the aunt's letters came next. So these aunts are kind of, they never appear as a point of view character but the ants appear in letters to each other and kind of document the journey that way. So we've got Missy's poetry. We've got the ants letters. We have um, the story with the main characters going on. And then <laughs> because of a lovely contract I signed with on cue, there was a thing that said, we'll look at your pages on your next book if they include some of the same characters. So I layered in Jenny on top of all of that. And that added a whole different split time thing to the uh, whole situation. And then um, I worked with my critique partner. I have a very good critique partner named Ann Cavera. And she... Uh, helps me along my way and catches my mistakes and helps it make your helps make your job easier. <laughs> I just looked back on my emails and I think it was right after on cue that I started sending her copies of um, what would become free to love. So let's see, does that, so yeah, it took, it took a while. Um, the final version I sent to you guys, uh, earlier this year sometime, I can't remember, but it's a, it took a long while. The next book is not going to take quite as long. <laughs> so I promise. Guess, <laughs> promise, I promise. promise. I'm at 33,000 oh, 30, words. 30, Yay, can't words. wait to get to hold of it. We're so yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What in this story really affected you and and helped you grow either spiritually or with your writing skills or maybe even your imagination challenging it? Mm -hmm. You know, I think no matter where we're at in the writing, uh, we need to continue to be people who learn from others. I uh, am actively involved in ACFW, which is a Christian writer's outfit and we I host a monthly virtual workshop and I learn a lot and sometimes I don't learn a lot but there's that one little thing that oh I used to know that or oh 
that one little thing that I didn't know yet that just helps me understand. I think as far as Christian and spiritual, I think it's um, writing for the Christian market, I think is my home. I have tried to get in with my children's stuff. I've tried to get into the secular market. I've done a couple of things, but I'm thinking the children's Christian market is, is where I want to be too. I think that's God's place for me. And I think that I've felt freer to work in more uh, thoughtful things, the poems, the poetry. So as far as challenging my imagination, I think that may be spiritually led because I just sit down. I'm not a big planner. (laughs) I'm more of a pantser. And I think that allowing my characters to uh, take me on their journey has been interesting and taken me down some really nice places. My next book I'm working on, I, um, I was just researching and for like a paragraph, I researched for like an hour and found some interesting things about elevators Mm. (laughs) okay (laughs) like magic elevators no no I'm not quite (laughs) into your magic yet Michelle maybe I'll write magic one of these days Um, (laughs) the one I'm writing right now is going to be the end of Jenny's trilogy Jenny will be in the next one okay she is married And so it's a sequel instead of a prequel. And she is, has discovered some more poetry from Missy, the person who is one of my characters in Free to Love. And so she discovers a little bit more about Missy's life that has been left hanging from Free to Love. Uh (laughs) Uh And she also discovers um, how she has family who worked for the Woodsons at one time. And during this is right after World War II. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, so have I sold that book to you? <laughs> I love uh, right around and right after World War II stories. They are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about that, do you have a favorite novel or book written by another author? Well, my favorite book of all time was one of the first Christian romances that I read, and it was Low Michael by Grace Livingston Hill, and um, it actually is going to appear in that third book for Jenny. (laughs) It's going to be part of it. Um, In current times, um, I enjoy Mary Connolly's books. Uh, She's currently putting out a new series uh, called the daughter of the daughters of the lumber baron and i have read the first and second books i'm actually on her promo team for that and it's uh, cool she's she is a character writer she likes humorous silly brave women in historic settings i don't know that her historic settings are always perfectly accurate but I have fun reading her fun characters. I enjoy reading her fun characters. 
I love her stories too. I'm I'm very fond of westerns, and I love how she sets things in in western settings, and they are so much fun. I haven't started on her new series yet, though. We're going to stop for now, take a little bit of a break, but please. Come back next week for the second part of this podcast, talking with Betty Boswell about her first full-length novel with Mount Zion Ridge Press on Q. Thanks for listening to Books on the Ridge, a production of Mount Zion Ridge Press, home of books off the beaten path. Check our website, www.mountzionridgepress.com for more information. Please consider subscribing to support this podcast. Plus, receive regular updates and more discounts as our way of saying thanks. Please come back next week for a new discussion with another Mount Zion Ridge Press author. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. We certainly did.